Thanks for joining us on episode 1,298 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. I'm Mr. Productivity. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to live intentionally instead of reactively is key. And one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Mater. The people I see who are very successful, whether I know them personally or I see them on social media or read their books, they have been really good stewards of their lives. And I know people in my own family, distant family, that have not done anything in their entire lives. They're not being good stewards of life because I'm sure they had a gift that, that the world wanted from them, but instead they decided to just be lazy. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. This episode, I interviewed Mark Straczewski, aka Mr. Productivity or Ski, about his journey to finding his calling as a productivity coach. I also asked Mark to share how his faith connected to his journey, and Mark shares with you some of his best productivity tips. One reason I like to bring you great interviews like the one you're going to hear today is because of the power in learning from others. Another great way to learn from others is through reading books. But if you're like most people today, you find it hard to find the time to sit down and read. And that's why today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to sign up and you can get a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. And instead of reading, you can listen your way to learn from some of the greatest minds out there. That's inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to get your free trial and listen to great books the same way you're listening to this podcast. Great Mark books, or the same way you're listening or to this podcast. Mr. Productivity was born and raised in North Chile, New York. He moved to Houston, Texas in 1997. Back in July 2005, he was fired from his corporate job. And to be honest, he really didn't like what he was doing at that time anyway. But when he was terminated, he decided to become an entrepreneur. He tried first to become a professional photographer and then began doing speaking on different topics. And the first several topics he tried didn't really go so well. But then with the help of a coach, he hit upon the topic of productivity. Mark is now a coach, a trainer, and a podcaster. Mark has been married to his lovely wife, Michelle, for over 19 years and has two grown daughters. He is unashamedly a believer in Jesus Christ, and he attends his church weekly. In his life, he says it's Jesus first, his bride, Michelle, second, followed by his family and then everyone else. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, Scott, fellow Texan. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> yeah, Mark's up the road for me a little bit. We were, of course, chit-chatting like everyone does about the weather before. And 
even though he's north of me, he's warmer today, which is always ironic when that happens, but there you go. <laughs> so we talked a little bit in the intro, Mark, but can you talk a little bit about your journey to becoming Mr. Productivity? I like to tell people it started with me being fired back in 2005. <laughs> As many <because> things do. <laughs> I was just going through life. And working at a job, which I didn't like. And all of a sudden I got fired and I'm like, uh-oh, now what? And then I remember calling my wife on the way home from being terminated, which by the way, when you terminate somebody, once you say you're fired, they don't want to know the reasons. I'm no longer an employee. So they're trying to say, let us explain our rationale. It doesn't matter. I don't work <laughs> here anymore. I, so I just thought I'd put that but out I there. always, I love the words that we use for it too. We've had a reduction in force. You've been terminated. You've been laid off. None of them are good words. I mean. Exactly. So I told my wife and I said, I've been fired. And and she's she didn't like my boss. And she wasn't surprised because my boss, my former boss, was very much in the he knew policy really well. Every I and every period. And so I told her I want to give her I want to give this shot of being an entrepreneur. Didn't know what exactly what it was. And so she says, yeah. Let's try that out. And so the first thing I did now, remember this is 2005. This is before Facebook was a baby. Twitter was a baby. Right. Nothing else is around. Maybe MySpace. And uh, I decided to be a wedding and portrait photographer. Now I failed at that miserably. But one of the things that came out of it was I came out of my shell of speaking in front of people, whether it's from the stage on a live call a training. I just, I hated doing that in college and high school. And now here I am. You can't keep me to shut up. And I went through several years of trying to figure out what am I going to talk about? Cause I didn't want to talk about photography. And I went through a couple of topics and I invested in a coach and the coach told me at one point I was having a bad day on one of the calls and he goes, what's going on? I'm like, I really want to speak and coach and train, but I don't know what I should be doing it on. And he goes, well, why don't you talk about productivity? And I remember telling him, I'm like, I don't know where that came from, but why would you say that? He says, I know a lot of people. You are naturally gifted at being productive. I don't know how that came around, but you should share that with the world. And the rest, as they say, is. So when did you actually kind of start the productivity speaking and what was the beginning of that part of the journey? Because the other was 2005. So how long after 2005? I officially hung out my website for business in January of 2011. Okay. Oh, so okay. I don't know if that's when I started, but that's when I launched my website. That's when you launched your website. So we, what's interesting is we have some parallel journeys here. <laughs> I actually started my business as a part-time business in 2011 when I was also not let go, but I was working for a corporate job that I had figured out I didn't want to be working for too much longer. I actually loved the job, but I also hated the job at the same time, <laughs> if that makes sense. I loved the job. I hated some of the things that I had to do because of the job. That's really mm -hmm. what it boils down to. Be on the road all the time. I was on the road four months out of the year and wow. that gets old really quick. Yeah. <laughs> so when you launched, so it was off the words of a coach. Can you talk a little bit about how your faith intersected with that journey? As well, well, interesting. I'll go back a little bit. People always ask me, how did you get to be more productive? Because I have a coach right now because coaches have coaches. Mm -hmm. And she says, how did you get to be so productive? 
I told her, I said, I was raised in a very structured house household. I was an only child and had to do chores at a certain time. And I had to have these things done. I came up in school before my parents came up and work. And I, they expected me to have X, Y, and Z done before they walked in the door. And so that's the way I was raised. So there's no magic. I was just raised that way. And in terms of my faith, I didn't come to know Jesus until I was 33. I'm 57 right now for the, to put that in the perspective of your, of your listeners. And I really didn't know what was going on. But I will tell you this. When I started my business, you'll appreciate this. And when you first start your own business, you think you're going to be the next Amazon, the next Apple, the Microsoft. You're going to have private planes and private islands and mansions. Yeah, it doesn't happen that way. So I got frustrated and I had a love for Apple. So I started applying for a job at Apple, online support, the whole nine yards, because all my friends come to me for tech support for Apple because I'm cheaper. <laughs> it's easier to get a hold of me, apparently. What happens, I kept applying for jobs, applying for jobs. And I would talk to senior advisors at Apple and they say, oh, yeah, you quali- you know, you're so smart in this stuff. You should get a job. And no. And then it's almost like I heard God. He didn't speak to me audibly, but he said to me, he says, look, it, do you not think that I know what's going on? I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. And, I, and he brought the, the story in the Bible to me about the potter and the clay. And as we all go through life, he molds us and he goes up, ah, smash. I guess that over again, up, ah, smash again. And he had to do it over and over again. And he just kept saying, trust me. I, if I give you the success you want now, you're going to blow it. And I have to mold you into what I want you to be. And so I went through, I tell people the story. I'm very open about how I struggled. So from July, 2005 to the end of 2021 ish, I made a total of $50,000, not a year total. And I, the reason why I share that with people is because if you go to social media, you think everyone's making a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's yeah. making tons of plans. I just lost and- my program. It was a million dollar launch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, how much did it cost you to make that million? Oh, 1.2 million. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I believe Pareto's principles live. And I believe 80% of the people are trying to figure things out. The Gary Vaynerchuk's, the Grant Cardone's, the Tony Robbins, they're exceptions. Most people are struggling. And I find it is more helpful to people to say, hey, listen, I went through a big struggle and I'm still not where I want to be yet. Sure. But when people don't have a faith, when you have bad days and we're all going to have bad days, what do you fall back on? I don't get it. So I love knowing that I can go to my savior and say, hey, (laughs) I'm having a bad day today. And he goes, yeah, I know. I see you. I see. I know what's going on. Just keep working. You'll get there. Okay. Earlier, you mentioned that your coach called you and said you're, quote, naturally productive. That was how you phrased it. So do you think that there are some people that are more naturally productive or is this is productivity something that anyone can do or how do you view that? Oh, I think anybody can be productive. Some people have a tougher journey to get there. If you are raised in a structured home like I was, you're probably naturally, you think yourself as naturally gifted as being productive. You're not born productive, but you are raised to be productive. I've met some people and some of them have been clients of mine who say, I don't get this whole productivity thing. I'm like, it's okay. We'll take baby steps. Get you there. You just have to learn the fundamentals because what happens is when people come to me and they're like, I want to be more productive. And I'm like, that's a vague word. 
And I have to drill down and find out what does that mean for you? Because if I just say, hey, Scott, are you productive? You're going to, what do you mean, Mark? What, when you say productive, what do you mean? So we have to get on the same page to understand. A lot of people are productive, but they're not productive in the right thing. So I post on LinkedIn all the time and I say, look at people say, well, just because you're busy doesn't mean you're being productive. And like, that's true. You can be busy being productive, but just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive. So there's two sides of the equation there. That's that effective versus efficient. Are you getting the right things done or are you mm -hmm. getting a lot of things done? Yep. If you're getting a lot of the right things done, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, you could, you, some people just get a lot done and some people get a, the right things done and some people get a lot of the right things done. So how do you define productivity for you? I define it as getting the right things done when they need to get done. When so if you've got 12 things on your to-do list, and we could talk about my opinions on to-do list if you want, and 11 of them are really easy things, but they don't move the needle. But that 12th thing was the thing that you really need to do, and you got 11 easy things done. I don't think you had a productive day because you got the 11 easy things done. So it comes down to... What is the right thing? And I know your audience is going, well, what's the right thing? Here's how I tell people. You start with a why. From your why, you create your goals. And the activities to achieve your goals go on your plan. So are you moving toward your goals? If you are, you're working on the right things. If you're trying to write a book and you're endlessly scrolling on TikTok, that's probably not moving you toward your goals. So everyone's different. But a lot of people, they come to me and they think they want to become a better planner. And the first question I talked to him about, the first thing I talked to him about is clarity. What is your why? I'm like, no, I, I hired you to talk about planning. I said, I understand that. But why goals plan? You can't start plan goals. Why? You just start with a why. Because if you don't have a why, you don't have goals. What are you putting on your calendar? So what, yeah, by the way, you're speaking my language. I like everything you're saying. When, when a lot of folks feel overwhelmed and they feel stuck, they get into that stage where it's, I'm just spinning my wheels. I'm a hamster on a wheel. Those kinds of phrases come out of people's mouth. What is a big tip or what do you see as where they should start to start breaking down that overwhelm? Funny thing, you use the word start because what I tell people to do who are overwhelmed is to stop, stop, to stop, because you can't push a rope, Scott. And I tell people when you're overwhelmed, stop. But I got all these. Pro I understand you have all these projects and tasks to do, but you need to stop. You need to stop. Get up from your behind your computer. We spend endless hours behind our screens. Get up and walk outside. But if it's cold, it, what if it's cold? Grab a jacket. What if it's raining? Don't stay out in the rain. Go outside. Don't be on your devices. Don't think about anything. Just stop and be fully present. Maybe close your eyes. Maybe take some deep breaths. I think people need to stop. We're always trying to, I'm not doing the right thing. What do I got to do? They keep going and going. But if your car is out of oil, you're not going to be able to go too far before you destroy the engine. So you've got to stop. And I think people, when they think about, being productive, they think about doing, but sometimes being productive is not doing anything, but just stopping and just taking a break and letting your brain go, okay, let me sort things out and then we'll go back to work.
That's mm-hmm. why I'm a big fan of micro breaks, which are only five to seven minutes, and they they work wonderful. Mm-hmm. So what? Once they've taken that break and they've taken that walk and they've set their mind, what's next? Assess the situation. Okay, so you got overwhelmed. You took your break. You came back. And, okay, now what do I need to do next? Too many people are worried about they have to do ten steps, thirty steps, fifty steps down the line. What do you have to do next and work on that? I think people are trying to embrace multitasking, which doesn't work. You just need to figure out the next thing to do. And what I see a lot of people do is they're working on a task. Then they're thinking about the next meeting. They're thinking about what they have to do when they pick up their kids up. They got to remember what they have to get the store and the way from work. And you're not fully present. And you, you sit there staring at your screen. You're like, I got nothing because you, you, your mind is doing so many things. And that's why I think people have to get back to the basics. Every time any sports league goes back from the start of the new season, they go to training camp and they always go back to the basics. Even if you're a Tom Brady, what do you have to do? You have to throw the ball. Tom Brady knows how to throw the ball. The blockers know how to block. The punters know how to punt, but they go back to the basics. And I think people, and I don't know about you, Scott, People want to go for the advanced technique. I said, let's master the basics first before we get to the master, to, before we get to the complicated stuff. But I also think people, it, we want the easy button, right? Yes. You know, we want the Staples easy button that, wait, what's the app that will fix my time? <laughs> what's the what's the magic tool that you can give me that will fix everything? Like you said, a lot of times it's like, wait, you're skipping step one through seven and trying to go to step 42. Let's go back to the beginning and slow down a little bit. It's this go slow to go fast. The Malcolm Cladwell's work on go slow to go fast. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we, we speed up too soon. What another area that comes up in, in productivity conversation or that I hear folks talking about is this, the idea of intentionality versus reacting. And you were talking about it a little bit in your answer. I want to unpack that more. Uh, we have that tendency to just go, what's the next thing? What's the next? What's on fire now? Let me go put that fire out. Okay. Now what's on fire? Let me go put that fire out. How do you help people change their behavior when it comes to being reactive versus proactive or intentional versus reactive, whatever language you want to use? I always encourage people to be a pro. And if you look at the word proactive and productive, they start with the word pro. Reactive is never going to get you to your goal because you're not going forward. It's like you're driving down the road, looking in your rear view mirror. Oh, look at all the stuff I did yesterday and last week and last month. You have to be pro- proactive to be productive. Now, what does that look like for you? Again, it goes back to what I said. What is your why? Get clear on your why. Get clear on your goals. And then you put the right things on your calendar. So if you're sitting there and you get home at the end of the day and you're like, Man, I worked nine hours a day today, but what did I work on? And if you can't put your finger on, oh, I got the podcast done, I got a thousand words written for my book, or I wrote a blog post, or I worked on a module for my course, if you can't do that, then you are probably reacting all day. You should be able to say, oh, I know these three things I got done today. And a lot of people, they don't know what they did. They're exhausted, they worked all day, but they cannot tell you what I did today. And I find that very sad because 
they probably were putting out fires or in the old carnival game, I like to use whack-a-mole. There's wacky moles all day, but that's not going to move you forward. That's keeping you in place because you got to sit there and whack the moles when you're not moving forward. And if you really want to achieve ultimate success, you got to be moving forward every part of that. Saw a recent study that said that up to 60% of employees day at work is spent working on work. And what they mean by that is it's the endless search for where'd that document go? Or let me talk to Tom because I sent him an email yesterday and he hasn't answered me yet. So now I got to go to Tom's office. And so it's not actually working. It's working on getting the stuff that you need to work. How do you, how do you view that problem <laughs> that I think we're all familiar with? I alluded to earlier, the infamous to-do list. I always tell people, don't trust your brain. Your brain has got so many things to do, like keeping you alive. So you got to give it some help. And so I tell people when a thought pops in your head, you need to record it someplace. For most people, that's a to-do list. Unfortunately, many people's to-do list turns into the Dead Sea over in Israel. <laughs> Every, that's where tasks and reminders go to die. And I've had clients come and they go, here's my to-do list, There's like 150 things on there. What can I do? I said, delete them all because you're never going to get to them. And some, I had one client, he had like to-dos on there for six months. Did you never going to do them? The point is, I believe a to-do list is a temporary storage. What I do, and probably what you do, if something comes up, you, bam, put it right in your calendar because what gets scheduled gets done. If you're not good at that yet, that's okay. Put it on your to-do list, but you have to go to your to-do list and go, okay, I got to talk to Scott. Let me see. I got to call Scott. When's a good time in my calendar? And then put it on your calendar. So many people get this overwhelmed because they keep putting so much stuff on their to-do list. And then they sit there and go, oh my gosh, I can't. What? And they get locked up and they come to me and I'm like, okay, breathe. Okay. <laughs> so I really think the to-do list is a very powerful productivity tool, but people are, it's like having a hammer. Let me use this analogy. If you go buy the best hammer and you just put it in your toolbox. What's the point of buying the hammer? A to-do list is only temporary. You're supposed to do something with a to-do list. See, it's the actions right in the title, Scott. It's to-do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's right there. Yeah. Yep. What, but how do you view the, because the other thing I've seen is folks that'll have seven to-do lists. They have one for work and then they have one for home and then they have one for church and then they have the one for the, when they're going to go to the grocery store and then they have the other, how do you view that? I think multiple lists are great. I, a catch-all list is pointless. I've got a to-do list for my, for my podcast. So I have a new episode coming out every Monday and Thursday. So I have a reminder that comes out around 5.40 a.m. And it says, hey, don't forget to post your new episode on your LinkedIn page for your podcast. Just so I don't forget it because it's not every day. It's Monday and Thursdays. So you can also use a to-do list as a reminder to do things, but they these should be things that take you a minute or two. If you have to get on a call with Scott for 30 minutes, that doesn't go on your to-do list. It goes on your calendar. And so I think people don't know how to use the tools. So I like shopping at Whole Foods, not a sponsor of the show. But I will have a whole. But if food you would shop. like to be, you can <laughs> reach out to me. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep going. So I've got a, a whole food shopping list. So throughout the week, as I see I'm running low on things, mainly organic fruit and stuff like that, I put it on my list. So when I go to Whole Foods, I don't have to go, 
oh, what did I need? And then I wind up buying stuff I didn't need. So I think shopping lists is good. I've got for I, some bills I have auto pay, some bills I don't. So I have reminders. Hey, don't forget this. You have to pay this bill. Sometimes I have auto payments, but it's like a bigger payment. And I had to remind, hey, don't forget the $700 payments coming out in three days. So that's that. Those reminders are okay. Make, make sure that there's $700 in the account. <laughs> exactly. But I wouldn't put, I, I have one client, you'll really appreciate this. He spent so much time beautifying his to-do list app. He had all kinds of emojis and colors and I'm like, how is that helping you? It helps me get organized. No, the fact you have 200 tasks on your to-do list, getting some of those off, that's going to help you. He's worried about what kind of app it should be. What's the best app? I'm like, look, it's a tool. It's a tool. The app is not going to magically make you more productive. And some people know how to use, I, I swear, some people know how to use the app better than the developers do they know every <laughs> idiosyncrasy and i'm like and that's helping you clear stuff off your to-do list how most people are overcomplicating things i always say complexity is the gateway to procrastination if you want to get things done it's fine to use a tool but don't get wrapped up in the tool get wrapped up in the doing and the results that you're getting yeah so I've got a few questions that I like to ask all of my guests, but before I go there, is there anything else you'd like to share about the work that you do? I will tell people, I, I don't know. We don't know who's listening to this episode. Obviously there's, we wish we knew, we wish we could look into the future and knew exactly who was listening, but that technology does not exist. I just want people to live their best life. You only get one shot at this. And if you're sitting in a job and you're listening to Scott and I talk and you're like, I'm not really fulfilled. I, I want to do something else. Then begin to educate yourself on how you can do that other thing. You can go to YouTube, you can get books, you could take courses, you can learn, but don't just say, I get perks, I get vacation, I get benefits. If you're not happy, I think you should be happy. I wake up every day. I love what I do. And no matter where you are, as you're listening to this podcast right now, I want to encourage you to go for your dreams. If you don't have a dream, here's an idea. Go for a long walk. Don't bring your phone. Or if you want to put, bring your phone, put on that disturb and just walk. And you'll be surprised when you get quiet. How are all these ideas that have been in your subconscious mind for years? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Because everyone should be happy, Scott. So I like to ask all of my guests this, my, my brand is inspired stewardship and I use that word stewardship. And yet kind of like we were talking earlier about productivity people use the word, but they mean different things. I've discovered people hear that word and mean different things by it. So when you hear the word stewardship, what does that word mean to you? Two words that pop in my head is responsible ownership. We are all responsible for doing something with the life we have. You are a steward of your life. And I see some people's lives that is all about binge watching Netflix while they're streaming on TikTok. I don't think you're being a good steward of your life if you're doing that. Now, if, you, that, if you're studying Netflix and TikTok, which I don't think you need to do that for hours on end, I could be wrong. But we are all stewards of our lives. 
And the people I see who are very successful, whether I know them personally or I see them on social media or read their books, they have been really good stewards of their lives. And I, I know people in my own family, distant family, that have not done anything in their entire lives. As soon as they go on the government dole, they're on the government dole. They're not being good stewards of life because I'm sure they had a gift that, that the world wanted from them, but instead they decided to just be lazy. So everyone's a steward of their life. And you need to, the listener needs to step back and go, how am I being a steward of my life? What grade, old high school grade would I give myself? A, B, C, D, F, incomplete. And then once you have that grade, then figure out how you can become a better steward. Because we can all be better stewards of our Mark, this is my favorite question that I get to ask everybody. Imagine for a minute I could invent this magical machine and I could pluck you from the chair where you are today and transport you into the future, maybe 150, 250 years. And through the power of this machine, you were able to look back and see your life and see all of the connections, all of the ripples, all of the impacts that you've left behind. What impact do you hope you've left on the world? I hope the impact I left in the world is positivity and that people can do whatever they, whatever in their hearts to do. I hope I equip people with the knowledge and the information to go be the happiest person, the most content, and of course, the most productive version of themselves. So what's coming next for you as you on this journey? Every day is an adventure. I, right now, I have a monthly membership, the podcast, well over 1,200 episodes now, which it's crazy. I've been doing it five and a half years. I'm, my coach is on me about creating something, an academy, which is going to be advanced training for me. I'm still a solopreneur. Someday in the very near future, I hope to hire some VAs that can help me because doing all the stuff on my own is exhausted, but I love what I'm doing. I really love what I do, whether it's a one-on-one client, whether it's a group coaching. It, it just goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. You have one life and you have to be a good steward of And I hope that at the end of my life that I go, you know what? I did good this life. You can find out more about Mark over at mrproductivity.com. Mark, anything else you'd like to share with the listener about that membership or your programs that you've got and where they can find out more about that? I encourage people. Thank you for mentioning my website, mrproductivity.com. Remember, Mr. is all spelled out, M-I-S-T-E-R. You can find out about my podcast, the Mr. Productivity Podcast. You can find out about my monthly membership, which is a sweet deal, I'll just say. So I do these masterclasses every month. They're $97 each. But if you become a Mr., if you become a Productive Life member, you get all the master classes and accountability for like a ridiculously low price. And you get all the master classes, which I said 97 times 12, you pay less than that for the entire membership. And if you just want to find out what I'm doing, you can go to mrproductivity.com forward slash insider and join my email newsletter. That way you're always going to know when the new episode drops or when I have a new promotion comes out because I always let my email newsletters know for subscribers know first. So if you if I'm having a limited offer and the email subscribers grab it all, it doesn't even get out to the public. So it's free. You just go to mrproductivity.com forward slash insider, sign up and get become an insider. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. 
As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word, iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures. Develop your influence and impact the world.